You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to Legends Live. This is the second end of our double header today, as you know, presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind everybody watching, you can submit questions that we will try to get to before we wrap up. And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's guest. We have former USC woman of Troy. She was an eight-time All-Star, three-time MVP, two-time champion with the Los Angeles Sparks, as well as a four-time Olympic gold medalist. We have Lisa Leslie with us. Woo! Should I do I clap for myself? No, listen, we can we can clap. I clap for myself all the time. No, thank you for joining us. First things first, how are you? Tyler, I am good. You know, my life is uh, has not slowed down, even though I am not on the court. I feel like every day I'm hustling like I'm still on the court, so... Um, but it's all good. I have nothing to complain about. Just really blessed. You prefer it that way, like staying busy even after the the playing days. Like some people need that routine, need to keep going. Some people are just looking to take it easy. Which do you prefer? To be honest, I just I'm wired in a way that um, I just play hard. I work hard and I play hard. I do both um, pretty um, aggressively. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, I have like five jobs, you know, between broadcasting and being mm -hmm. on We Need to Talk and um, coaching in the big three. I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to our season where we get a chance this season to get back together and defend our championship title. Um, I also am a public speaker, so I have quite a few trips now back on the books. I've been doing a ton of Zooms. I'm also yeah. on Cameo. Um, so, you know, I try to collect checks from always possible. <laughs> Hold that thought. We're going to, we're going to get to that. Hold that thought. Uh, I get one thing I, I didn't mention. I get, feel like I should have mentioned you went to Morningside high school, correct? Correct. Now, who would you say, who's the best basketball player to come out of Morningside? Well, you got some competition. Period. At an, yeah, at Englewood period. Let's go. Let's well, go you all know, of me, I'm first. Then Paul Pierce is a close second. No, okay. Byron Scott. That's uh, a toss up. <laughs> okay, just those. I was gonna say you got Tina Thompson, Eldon Campbell. That's just from Morningside. No, Tina's not Florida. from Englewood. I, I, I guess she she went to Morningside High, but hmm. she's not from Englewood. So got you. That's a little bit different, but she's okay. uh, she's amazing as well. So. Okay, but but the top three, you. I wanted to see if you put yourself in the top slot. I always like when people. Oh, from Inglewood, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's only yeah. It's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> now the thirtieth anniversary recently passed of the hundred one point half that you had in high That's school. That's crazy. 30, 30 years. Thirty years. I'm having what like it, an out of body experience. I was gonna say, what, it, what what immediately comes to mind? And that out of body experience, like, what do you remember about that? When did you know it was like, like it's about to get ugly? Like, I'm, I'm feeling good. <laughs> you know, it's it's so interesting because one, I don't feel like it's been 30 years, so that part is a little scary because it feels like <laughs> not quite just yesterday, but pretty recent, right? But um, yeah, 30 years is hard to really digest that it's been that long. But I think mm. the thing I think about most is just um, I'm such a competitor. I love to compete and. 
I remember the pressure I felt because, see, I had moved to Inglewood and in Inglewood at Morningside High, they had this ritual that every senior tries to score as many points as possible in the last home game. And we would just rebound the ball and keep throwing it to the same player. Just, mm -hmm. I don't know why they had this tradition. So <laughs> you didn't start the tradition. Yeah, no, I didn't start it. I'm just like, DJ, keep the party rolling. So right. you know, my freshman year, we get the ball to one of the seniors and she had like 55 points. Another, another. I think my sophomore year or junior year, the senior had sixty points. So I remember that I was supposed to just score more than sixty points. So I'm yeah. like, I was just locked in. I had no idea the score. And even when I looked up at the clock and it was like a hundred and one, and I'm like, what's wrong with the scoreboard? Like right. I, didn't, you know, I had never seen that number that way. So I was like, I don't one, think they had either. Yeah. Oh, one. You know what is that? Um, yeah, pretty much. That was all the buckets I had. Um, <laughs> So it was it was really um, it was cool that I, I beat the record. Um, probably not so cool that we beat up on um, South Torrance. Never really processed that young about what it would feel like for the other young ladies. Now that I'm obviously you don't have to say their name of the school. You don't have to put them out there like that. Oh yeah, I did because <laughs> it was South Torrance, and well, they all know that. But you know, since then. I've gone on to do bigger and better things, so at least okay. I'm consistent. <laughs> okay. now, is that a record? Like, would you like to see somebody at Morningside break that? Like, somebody gets 105, somebody gets 120 and a half, or are you like, no, I, I kind of want my record to ride. You can be honest. You know, I'm always about, um, you know, when I set records, and I've set uh, quite a few records, that I think mm -hmm. it's important for records to be broken. Like, I'm not like a person who's like, don't touch my record, leave it up at the top. Yeah. Like, I'm not really full of myself in that way. I, I love the fact that I've been able to play. I gave basketball my all. I was like married to the game. You know, mm -hmm. um, I was up early, you know, 536 in the morning at the gym doing two a days. Like I really love playing basketball and competing. I love working out. I still love working out. So mm -hmm. I, I did all that I really could do. And in some ways I'm envious of these young people who have access to like social media and internet where you mm -hmm. get to see people where you can like slow it down and like, right. Man, my game is sick in this day. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, all the information and access that they have, uh, that's probably the only thing I wish, you know, I would have had more access to. I mean, just to catch a women's game on television back then was, right. I mean, that's almost like the Christmas special. Like you right. saw it once, once a, a year. year. If that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that part of it is kind of cool. But uh, for me, I, I think all records should should be broken in some, at some point. Hmm. Now, you mentioned like the media, you got to take the you didn't mention like the bad side of like all the, the comments and people replies and all that. That's like you'd have to deal with both sides. Right. Like you could see. Um, I don't know. I'm not a person who really focuses on the negative. So for me, um, I feel like there's. For, for every good thing, somebody might be like, okay, girl, I see you. Your hair look cute. And then somebody else is like, oh, I'm so tired of your ponytail. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, somebody, I'm not really a person who's, like, going through and trying to search through. I barely read the comments on my pages. Um, I've always had, like, 98% of really positive feedback from, you know, over my whole career. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really been in any situations where I'm being, like, drugged and really feeling some kind of way. But even then, right. you know... Social media is in some ways is so empowering. It's so great what we've been able to do from a social as point as 
uh, from a social aspect of raising awareness mm -hmm. about, you know, injustices. I love it. Like I love being a part of that and, and fighting for, you know, black people and, and bringing awareness to our, just to the world, really. Like mm -hmm. I love being a part of that and I love social media for that. The flip side of it is I feel like social media is amazingly, um, it can be very negative. It can be yeah. very tough for people's mental psyche to see things that are not really real. Like people, you know, it's a front and there's a lot of things that are not real that's on there and relationships that are not real. And, you know, a lot of those things that I think it makes people and young people feel envious of when yeah. you don't really have access the way that some people do. Right. So in that way, I think, you know, social media is, is tough. It can be tough, especially for a young, all those young people out there who haven't quite made it yet, who are trying to figure it out. And sometimes social media makes them want it now. And they don't see the hard work. I mean, dude, it's so much hard work out there. The long here. nights, the early mornings. Yes. The... Now, as Coach Lisa is... Mom, Lisa, is that something like you talk about social media, like with your players, with your kids, or you kind of just let them, you know, experience it their own way? Oh, no, I am a helicopter mom. I'm um, <laughs> definitely guarding and, uh -huh. and parenting my children, uh, my kids. My son has an Instagram page only run by me because mm -hmm. he was a kid commentator for the big three, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I don't even post on there. He has no access to that at all. Um, I let my kids TikTok for a little while and just, just um, a little bit, just a little bit. In fact, that's how I got into the pandemic is really what helped me to, to even look and go, okay, let me sit down with my kids. What are you guys into? What do you guys want to do? You know, and I started making little TikTok videos with them. I became a TikTok mom. Then I kind of took it over <laughs> once I realized you can monetize it. I'm like, oh, hold on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Another check. Yeah. Let me pick up another check. So, but I think um, as I got on there and I really realized, okay, this is not all quite for kids either. Um, yeah. So I use it as a tool that, uh, oh, okay. You're not doing something. Yep. TikTok's gone. You right. know, um, I think you got to let kids be kind of in and out. They have to know what's going on, but not too much. Like, they don't have to be engrossed in it. Like it's no. all that, that's going on. No, because to see with my son, he lost his little um, advantage of having TikTok and now he's dribbling all over the house. And I'm like, it's perfect. You can go you know, dribbling it. There you, know? you go. There you go. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> there you go. Now, I'd like to go back uh, with our legends a little bit because like you went to USC, mm -hmm. you set, like you said, set many records, broke records. But I'm interested in after your college career ended in 1994, the WNBA didn't start to first year wasn't until 1997. So what was that in between period like for you? Um, it was it was fun. I uh, <laughs> let's see. So 1994, I graduated um, from SC. I signed my first Nike contract. So immediately, mm -hmm. like the day after my season was over, I got a chance to become, you know, a pro athlete and mm -hmm. sign a contract. I also worked for ESPN and mm -hmm. I went overseas and played in Italy um, okay. half a season. So that was pretty um, a lot of fun. I also signed um, my first modeling contract with Wilhelmina in New York. Mm -hmm. So that was um, that was super cool, too. And then I had like I was part time in New York and then back in L.A. So I was on the move again. I told you my life moving a shaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I'm like, let's get it, whatever. You know, opportunity, preparation and opportunity equals success. I'm, I'm a big advocate of that. And I feel like, um, you know, we could rest one day, but not, right. not today. And when you're young and you have the opportunities, you, you have to take advantage of that. And for me, um, I don't know. I just feel like when um, we are educated and we get these opportunities or we create opportunities for ourselves, um, we have to take full advantage of that, but we also have to be prepared. We have to come in, um, you know, very competent about what we do. You have to be a hard worker. Um, I'm, I'm very optimistic. You know, I'm a person of integrity. I, I truly do love people and I love, um, treating people in ways that they should be treated, whether it's the janitor in the building mm-hmm. or the president, you know, I'm not going to treat those two people differently. You know, yeah. I'm going to speak to them. I may, you know, interact, ask how their kids are doing, mm-hmm. you know, because those are God's children. And so my gift really on this planet is my spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. You know, my spiritual gift is my ability to speak. And so there's moments where I connect with people Basketball just happened to be that platform that God yeah, that gave me on. Right. You know what I mean, but the moments and the interactions, you know, it's a blessing and an opportunity. And so I just feel like in the space that I'm in, wherever that space is, that's the space I'm supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. And God has me there for a reason to connect or just be a blessing or be a role model or to inspire somebody. And so that's really how I move through life. And, and with that, um, I, I feel like I make, I make no mistakes. I'm never in the wrong place. Hmm. That's a that's a very good way to answer that. Yeah, never in the wrong place. That's you. You got to teach more people how to do that. I feel like people are bad, generally bad at, at being in the good. places they're supposed to be. Well, that uh, that as well. That yeah, is well. It, it's definitely a mindset, hmm. you know. And I, I I'm a firm believer of affirmations and what we put out in the universe is, is real. Hmm. And so whatever you manifest, right? It's like beauty comes from within. And whatever we are feeding ourselves, whether it's good or bad, positive or negative, whatever music we're listening, whatever we're feeding our souls, Hmm. we also exude that, right? Right. And so it's just a mindset. You got to have a certain mindset and we got to keep evolving together and educating one another to to get to that place, you know? Is that like a way you've always, like even as a kid, you had that mindset? Is that something you think? grew and developed as you become a player as you achieve more success like where do you where does that come in honestly it comes from my mom my my mom started my sisters and i um really on a path of understanding the powers of our word and us manifesting you know life and whatever we say it is so my mom Mm -hmm. is like extremely positive like you can't even go like oh my god i was dying laughing my mom was like you were not about to die like she'd be like, oh, no like, like yeah. mom, it's just like a saying, but okay. But I think um, she started us so young, you know, I'm that way with my children. And, you know, the other thing is just, can, we have to have a higher power. Like we, it can't just be about us. Yeah. I mean, cause then, I mean, life is, can be really hard if it's just about you and you have no other source of power. So I, I believe in that. I believe in the Lord. I believe in his power. I believe in his word. And I feel like his word, um, I believe in it. And, and he promised me and I'm blessed. And I, I, I have the ability to share my blessings. And I receive my spiritual gift and I use my spiritual gift. And it's like, to me, it's just a matter of that, like opening up to really be used, be a vessel. And, 
you know, again, it's probably deeper than the, than the average bear, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to be deep, but it's just, you it's ask your life, yeah. it is who I am, you know? Yeah. I, another, the thing I wanted to ask you about as far as the checks, I, I want to confirm if this is true. So in 1997, when you were starting out with the Sparks, you hired Shaquille O'Neal's agent and you told him, bring you any of the deals that he turns down. Is that true? A hundred percent true. Yeah. You tell well, about, like, like just always having that, that, that business savvy, that mindset. Listen, Shaq is, a, <laughs> I mean, he's a mogul, right? Mm -hmm. And even back then he has that it factor, right? Mm -hmm. But the problem is on the women's side is like, I got the same it factor, but you know, it's like, Hey, over here, right. it's very hard for us to, as a black woman, it's very, you know, we, we all see it now, but I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's difficult to get those types of companies to invest in you and to really, you know, not try to give you these one offs or it's like, you're right. going to pay Shaq. Let me just throw out a number. That's probably not true, but 500,000 and you're going to pay me 5,000. Right. You know, it, it's like the equivalent of your value is already devalued, but I have no problem saying, Hey, listen, you know, to Leonard Armado is our, is, was our shared agent as well mm -hmm. as Bruce Binko. Shout out to both of those men. Cause I love mm -hmm. them dearly. Um, very good people. And, you know, the thing was, is that whatever Shaquille doesn't want to do, I will do. <laughs> I don't care. What do you say no to send me, you know? And, mm. um, Hey, you know, this, this is new now let's eat, but uh, you know, right. that's how I'm going to eat. And, you know, it, it paid off for me in dividends, you know, literally, you know, from American express, the Pepsi mm. Sears, just doing different deals and being available, being in the room, being a spokesperson on behalf of the WNBA, having a seat at the table through a plenty of negotiations mm. um, that, you know, back then nobody was keeping record and score. And, you know, now you got social media to be like, oh, you know, so-and-so is doing this, doing That's that. Yeah. You know, I was uh, the first player who was actually an owner in the WNBA mm. for the LA Sparks. But, you know, again, it's all good. It's not that I need any recognition, but I'm saying this hustle is like, this is not new for me. This is right, how I you know how I, yeah, this is, and it's not like hustle. Like I hustle people. It's probably right. not even the right word because hustle kind of sounds like you kind of like scheming and it's not a scheme at all. It's really about the, the, like grind the and right now is networking, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. So before that was a something, you know, I didn't know I was networking and right. I just, it just came like, natural to you. Yeah. It's like, Hey, who's in the room? What are we doing? What are we trying to get? We're trying to get these, um, we're trying to get sponsors for the WNBA. You know, we're trying to get television rights. So mm. what can I do? How can I help? You know, that was my, that was my move. And then I think the last part I would just add to that is, the importance of understanding that we are we are a product like mm. the WNBA players are the product. Right. And to me, I think sometimes that value is not always kept to the top in terms of how we present ourselves, how we look, how we act. Mm. That that's also just as important. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I feel like now with social media, these young players have really taken that to another level. And I love that. I love that that shift has really happened where they're understanding you have an opportunity, you have an audience, speak to them. You know, if you're going to dance, if you're going to TikTok, whatever, keep it cute, you know, whatever you're going to do. <laughs> right. And I love to see that, 
you know, or, or if you're not trying to be cute, I don't mean literally, you know, now you can't be like, right. Well, that, I mean, that's the, the option. I feel like it's what yeah. you're saying. You want them to have the option to where like they understand that they're like, they're a brand into themselves and how Absolutely. you, yeah. How you treat that brand is going to come back to you in some checks. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, 20, tomorrow's 25 years of the WNBA. What do you remember about year one? Oh, my gosh. 25 years. That's amazing. Um, so year one was a little crazy for me personally because I had, I told you, I'd signed a modeling contract. So I was in New York. I had not played basketball since the day I walked off the court from the Olympics in 96. So when they said they were going to start the WNBA and I was like, oh, yeah, sign me up. I thought it was going to be like a summer league, you know, a summer right. league, reversible alert jerseys. I don't know. Drew was like, nah, we was like, we think it's something a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger. Yeah. So in my head, I kind of had like Drew League kind of right. thing. I yeah. had played in summer leagues we had in LA before. So I'm like, mm. oh, okay, yeah, no problem. I'll come back. I'll jump in. Mm. When they when I got back to LA and we were at the forum, and I'm like, hold up, are we actually playing in this? Like, this is us? Like, yeah, this yeah. my locker is Kareem's locker. What are we doing here? Uh so I wasn't ready. That's the basic, that's the truth. That's honesty, though. That's the truth. I was not prepared, and I didn't. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. I mean, I throughout '96, we lift weights every day. We trained every day. We played ball every day. Everything that we eat. I mean, we were we were machines. And to go into modeling, I'm like, I was already small. Then you know, you you know, you really can't have no nobody. Yeah, no, no nothing. Yeah. So I came back. Probably I was super light in the paint. <laughs> So they were just moving you up out of there. You had to get used to that. Oh man, I mean, you know, I still, I still was part of the top group, but I wasn't like on top of my game the way I should have been. How long do you think that took you to where it's like, okay, like I'm, I'm ha- like I'm focused on this. I'm handling the things I need to do that allow me, you know, to to succeed at this. I really think two years. I think okay. two years because, and I mean, I want. I ended up winning. Let's see, we started in '97. I won MVP. Um, at the All-Star game in 99. Mm-hmm. I believe that was our first All-Star game. So I'm thinking, and I really feel like two seasons. And the reason why I say that, this was the first time that you're playing basketball in the summer. So the training mm. really needed to be all off-season, which was normally basketball season. Right. But it was yeah. just a trip. It was a trip to train year-round, right, mm-hmm. to be prepared for a season in the summer. I mean, in we had never summer, done yeah. that our whole Life, unless you're just playing AAU ball, right? right? But high school, college, you know, you usually like you have uh, October, you start running on the track, you know what I'm saying? You you can't go to the gym till November 15, you know, you followed mm. all those rules. And for it to reverse on us, for me, and I wasn't really big on overseas every year because, again, I had so many, I had you so busy going yeah. on, yeah, you know what I mean? It was. I was making pretty much what a lot of players were making overseas doing three and four different um, jobs with all the different opportunities I had. So um, that was another reason why I wasn't overseas playing like year round, like most of the ladies. So what would you tell like somebody that's about to start their career tomorrow? Somebody's about to start the year 25 of the W, but it's year one for them. What advice would you give them? Um, as far as basketball goes, I would say stay in the gym every single day. And when I say gym, I mean in the weight room, mm. because the weight room and taking care of your body is essential to your career. I was able to play basketball for 25 years mm. because I was very much um, 
a maintenance person. Like I didn't wait till I got hurt. I iced, I did ice baths, all the st- all the horror stories you hear about the ice baths. Preemptive stuff. Yeah, I did all of that. I, I went to physical therapy two and three times a week, especially in the off season. I trained as if I had a ACL tears. Like I worked out like doing the things that injured people do. Cause I used to ask now, why do you guys wait until a person's, you know, <laughs> For hurt, and right. then you put them on. Then the, you put them on the, the fast track. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got now you got to do like leg extensions. You know, fifty of those. You got to do you know step ups. So I just had my trainer. Um, I want to train like I'm rehabbing, mm. and so you just by train doing that, way that normally. huh? You just train that way normally. That was just your. That was my training. thing. Every so I was like, I'm in the gym every day. I'm I'm in the weight room. So I would tell a young person to get in the weight room every day. Um, get your shots up every day. Be a sponge. Find you a veteran that um, a smart veteran that you know understands the game, um, and, and be a great listener. You know, always be be at the gym early, um, leave late, um, and, and be a sponge to give to grasp all the information you can. The second thing or third thing, whatever one I'm on, um, I would be I would say to watch a ton of video. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a firm believer of watching videos in basketball and how you can get better. Like of um, others or of your own work or all of the above? All of it. You got to watch your favorite players and what moves you're trying to work on. Pick three moves that you're really working on for the first half of the season and stick with those three moves so you have your go-to move. You know, you got to right. be able to do it on the left side and the right side, but you only need three. Sometimes people have so much in their head that they can't really focus. Too many options. And it's so they have so many options, but none of it works because it was too like many, you already, yeah. already planned out what you were going to do. You know? Right, right. So I say just pick three moves, you know, offensive moves that you really are your go-to moves that you can do on both sides of the court or anywhere on the court. And, and the last thing I would say is, um, you know, get a little R&R. A, a lot of times people do, they don't, they want to find balance. And the right. key in the WNBA is you don't get to get a lot of balance because you have so many games in a week um, and there's so much travel Right. It's very tough to find balance. So you're going to miss out on the parties. You're going to miss out on the barbecues. Like, well, you should be missing out on those. I was going to say, you probably could make them, but it, it probably wouldn't put you in your best uh, self for your sport. It's about sacrifice. I made a lot of sacrifices. It really is. Yeah. Now, in your, I guess, not even next chapter. It feels like it's all just been one long chapter. Like, you've always been busy. Yeah. Like you mentioned you're doing, like, the analyst work, part owner some coaching, acting, got your NBA, uh, MBA, all that. What was the, I guess, which one was the toughest of those? What was the toughest adjustment for you? Um, I think the toughest adjustment is probably just motherhood in general. Um, mm. I think being a mom is probably the hardest job ever. Um, and I say that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real mom that's into my kids. You know, I don't have, you know, a bunch of nannies and people driving them around. As you can see, I was running trying to get here. Um, it's um, it, it is it's tough, but every day, you know, is a blessing because I reset with my children. No matter what happened yesterday, I reset with them every morning. I hug them every morning. I give them love every morning, and we start afresh and anew. And I think that um, you know, it's just challenging because there's things that come up, you know, things that you have to fuss about. It's the same things over and over. Like a coach, you have to repeat. Right. Um, but then it's just so much love and progress that, you know, you see yourself, and, you know, and my husband, we see ourselves and our children. And that part is super beautiful. 
Um, but it's it's tough, and you know sometimes you can't wait for bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like y'all, it is time to go to bed because my right, like right now, morning, yeah. I I worked all my nerves, but I love it. I like. I love it. But the hardest part, let me just say this. The hardest part about being married and having children is this one question that the pandemic almost took me out. Oh, what are we eating? Oh, oh my boy. gosh. Yeah. So how, how do y'all handle that? How do y'all, how do y'all navigate through that? I mean, I cook a lot. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> like I am about to retire from cooking. That's how tired yeah. I am. I can't, I can't think of anything else. I can't do any more recipes. I can't prep. I didn't prep food. When I got to throw out food, I'm telling you, I'm like a real mama fitness. When I'm putting stuff down the dishwasher, the, I mean, the, the, the garbage disposal, mm-hmm. after I didn't prep it on Sunday and took my time, like, uh, I'm done. So You got to get your kids in the kit. They old enough to start doing some, some chef work. No, I know. But see, they play their sports. And so with sports. Uh-huh. With sport, you know, sports is the only thing to give you a pass around the house. They True. still wash dishes, but they don't clean up none of them. They they don't, you know, they got help with the clothes. This is this is some old new school stuff happening yeah. around here, man. <laughs> Gen Z, man, yeah, dude. it's crazy. So, uh, got a couple questions here in a lounge. We won't keep you too much longer. Uh, one question says, "What is your favorite part of Hall of Fame weekend?" Uh, when you were inducted and now when you go back? Oh, when I was inducted. Wow. There was so much going on. I think really just hanging around the other legends. I am. Mm-hmm. What can you say? I didn't realize they were all going to like come back. Like everybody was there. I remember seeing like Pat Riley and mm-hmm. Michael. I mean, it, it was just, it was so many people in you were 2015 I, class. of 20, huh? You were class of 2015. Yeah. 2015. Um, you know my class. Who else was in my class? I was like, who was in your class? You supposed to name them all. I was just confirming it was 2015. Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Um, who else was in my class though? You don't remember Coach either. K. Come on, you supposed to help me out. Calipari. His name is not Coach K. Okay. I always mess that up. No, too. no. I don't know if you can see that behind. Yeah, no. Nah, please don't get those two. Yeah, uh, that's not right. Calipari. Um. Who else? My friend. Um, what's the big guy? Oh, Dikembe. Was Dikembe Matumbo? I think Matumbo. Okay. There were so many of us. It's hard to... Oh, hey, um, what's his name? Hayward? Spencer Hayward. Spencer Hayward. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love him and his wife. They're so amazing. So, you know, it was just so many people. It's hard for me to tell. But anyways, it was great. I enjoyed it. I think getting our blazer was super cool. Mm. Um, and... I think my speech, having all the other women up on stage, I probably have broken a record with how many women I had on stage. But, you know, my title of my speech was that I didn't get here alone. So I really Mm -hmm. wanted to honor so many of the legend women who had really been a blessing to me before that were already um, Hall of Famers. So I had up there um, Dawn Staley, Katrina McClain Mm -hmm. and Teresa Witherspoon, Teresa Edwards, sorry, Teresa Edwards. And Mm -hmm. I had um, James Worthy as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was awesome. Okay, so what do you like about going back now? Because as we know, we got the classes about to be inducted this weekend up there. So what uh, what do you like about going back or getting back? I think this time um, I'm going because, you know, they're honoring Kobe, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, it just I think it's just part of the full circle of what he's done in his legacy and 
I mean, he would have loved to have obviously been here to to receive his his blazer and his ring. And I know Vanessa and Vanessa will be there and she'll speak. Um, but I'm going really because I would have been there if Kobe would have been there. And so yeah. uh, it's it's gonna be tough, but um, yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we've got a couple other questions. Purpling goat. Oh yeah, LA all day. Uh, we got a question from uh, Cameron here. It says, "Would there be uh, Uncle Drew too?" I know, right? Kyrie, call. No, I'm just kidding. I was saying, oh, hey, no. we, we can set it up. I know. Uh, they talked about it. Yeah. Um, they also talked about um, Preacher and Betty Lou kind of mm-hmm. doing a little spinoff thing. But you know, then the pandemic happened, so yeah. I'm not quite sure if we will get to see uh, an Uncle Drew too. That would be so cool, though. It would be. I mean, once things open up, maybe we'll, we'll put a pin in it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put a so. pin in. <laughs> Let's see. Got a question here. Another one from the lounge said, who's the best celebrity sitting courtside in those early Sparks years? Oh, man. We had some great celebrities. I probably would say um, Tyra Banks, mm. um, LL Cool J, who I love, you know, LL Cool J. Um, uh, what's his name? Who was... Um, he was a boxer uh, that had all the gold. Not not before Tyson. His ball head. Uh, the one, oh, Tyson bit his ear. What's his name? Oh, Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I don't know. I'll be blanking. After you have kids, you can't remember everything. Um, yeah. Those are uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, we've had some really good uh, fans come out, especially um, especially our first inaugural season, actually. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I Evander, I, when you said the boxer with the gold, I was like, that could be like any of them. You remember, uh, remember Holyfield? He had um, had gold like in his house. That, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. The house in in Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The the Holyfield house. I think yeah. Rick Ross has it now. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there. We got one more question. I'd like to ask all our legends. Uh, then we'll let you go. We're getting together our playlist, season two of our legends playlist. So what do you listen when you're Ripping and running to get the kids, or going to and fro, to and from the bank, cashing those checks. Like what? To, what's in your headphones? What's in your speakers? What are you listening to? My phone, by the way. But um, I beg your part. But ain't no music playing. Ain't no song I playing. Why? Okay, so my music is okay. So I listen to a lot of gospel music. Okay. So I have like Wild wow, 2019, I think. <laughs> okay. So I listen to that, and I also. I also listen to um, Meg the Stallion or Nipsey okay. Hussle. It just depends on like when I'm in the gym working out. Sometimes you know you got to be like body yada yada yada. You know I got to like yeah. You can't gospel it up necessarily. In yeah, the gym. all I the time, you. right? So I mix it up because I have no problem of like sometimes I need that you know pump it up or mm-hmm. or, or I go back like music make you lose control with Missy Elliott. Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying like just yeah, get your shoulders moving. Yeah. yeah. So it depends on like what workout I'm doing. I need, depending on what kind of music I'm listening to. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, we'll uh, we might throw some, we'll throw some gospel in there. We might also throw some, uh, some Meg Thee Stallion, just to yeah, say, oh, just, yeah. just to show both sides. Let's talk, uh, girls, gotta stick together. You know, we got yeah, we game. Got, we got legs, so we got to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get that together for you, Lisa. Leslie, um, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Sorry it took so long to get oh, together, but not a problem. Uh, We enjoyed it. We hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. 
God bless. Bye. Thanks, Lisa. All right. And that'll do it for our doubleheader of Legends Live today. Uh, as you know, we've got new episodes. We'll be back to regular schedule live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central. Catch us on the NBA Alumni Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. Like to remind viewers, you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. And you can catch the audio replay to our conversations by searching for Legends Live wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to give a big thank you to Lisa for joining us today. A thank you to Bridget, Julio, and Aaron behind the scenes. Thank you all for watching, and we'll catch you next Thursday.